0: Welcome to Your Future at McGill. Uh, This episode is part of our student series, where I, Nick, as host, will talk with Kirsten, a student from our Faculty of Arts and Science. Um, That faculty is a bit of a unique one at McGill. And at the end of this podcast, following the chat that I have with Kirsten, uh, please feel free to stick around and listen to uh, sort of a academic guideline in how that faculty works and if it's the right fit for you. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Thanks. Hello, thank you for joining us today. Uh, with me uh, right now, I have Kirsten who is joining us. Um, I'm really thankful that she's joined us today for to talk about her experience um, at McGill. Um, so let's just get into it. Kirsten, who are you? Where are you from? Um, and what are you studying at McGill?
1: So, hi, my name's Kirsten. Um, I'm from just outside of Winnipeg, Manitoba. Uh, I'm a U3 student at McGill. I'm in the arts and science faculty and I'm double majoring in organismal biology and political science. Um, Yeah, that's that's just a little bit about me.
0: Great. And we will definitely dive deeper into really all of those aspects uh, that you just mentioned. Um, Maybe just to share your experience as someone coming from Manitoba or, you know, outside of Quebec um, and, you know, somewhat farther than maybe other provinces like Ontario, for example, how did you think about McGill, why was McGill on your radar as a potential university spot?
1: Yeah, so McGill is actually a long-term goal of mine. I started to seek interest in it probably in earlier high school. uh, When I started uh, being very interested in science, I knew it had like a really great research program and it had a lot of opportunities, probably more than some other schools for getting involved in research as an undergrad. Um, And I had uh, met a few people, uh, like friends, siblings that had gone and really enjoyed it. So I think that's kind of when Miguel came on my radar. And then once I got later into high school and I was able to sort of research the student life, I got a lot more interested. And then I actually came to visit Montreal. So I loved the city. And yeah, that's kind of how I got interested.
0: The power of older siblings, whether it's your own (laughs) or from other friends, uh, no, I can definitely understand that. Um, maybe just, you know, going back to that time, um, were you looking at other universities What were some of the sort of aspects that you were weighing if you were looking at other schools?
1: Yeah, I was, um, when I was in high school, I had the fear that I was not going to get into anywhere. So I applied to like 10 schools, which was very much overkill, but, um, I was also looking at university of Toronto, um, mostly because they also have the arts and science program. And that's really like when I was making my final decisions, what drew me to those two schools as like my final choices. Um, But yeah, ultimately I, when I visited both schools, I loved the way that the McGill campus felt and you can just like, I don't know, I always say this even still when you're on campus and classes are in person, it's just a buzz that you can't get over. And I really felt that when I visited. So that was part of it and part of um, meeting with advisors and stuff when I make my final decision.
0: It's, it's great that you got that opportunity to visit. Um, I think to actually visualize, to see yourself on campus is that for sure uh, must be, you know, such a strong reason to, to find, you know, or to know where you wanna go. So it's great that you got to do that. Um, I will just mention this briefly. Um, at the end of this, we will talk about the arts and science degree and what that faculty looks like at McGill, because it is very unique. Um, so if you have, for listeners who have questions about that, um, we will get into that detail um, at the end of this. Um, so in terms of the application, uh, I did see that you had some options. You, you were maybe considering a few different options. I know you said 10 schools, but I think you maybe had more than one choice at McGill. How, what were those other choices that you were looking at McGill and how did you eventually make that decision for arts and science?
1: Yeah. So when I applied, um, I was, I actually made the decision to do two applications. Um, so like four programs, because I really did like the school I came here um, and I I had applied to the life science program, the physical science program, I think kinesiology and arts and science. I knew I wanted to do science uh, because I really liked it. And I, it was what I wanted to do in high school. And then I really did want to pursue it in university. But I came to McGill uh, in the fall and I had met with somebody at Service Point uh, who was super helpful. But they told me that if I liked both fields, because I'd done like Bali UN in high school and really liked that. That I could do this two track program and I could still write because I love to write and debate and be involved in like arts things as well as do science. So it was after meeting with somebody from Service Point that I ultimately decided that I wanted to do both for another four years. <laughs> no,
0: that's you, you did your homework. And, and yeah. I think on that note, Um, If you had any advice for someone who, you know, maybe before the application process or who's in the process and needs to make a decision if they've been accepted to more than one uh, program, um, maybe firstly, just, you know, keep it simple. Um, What kind of homework would you give a prospective student to think about what universities they want to go to? What should they do? We can think of this both as a physical thing where maybe they can travel, but maybe also think what can they do virtually because that is sort of a a new medium that uh, we have to deal with.
1: Yeah, I know Miguel is doing virtual tours, and I think that's a great idea, particularly now with the circumstances. So, I think if you have the option to take a virtual tour, you get, you know, works in your time zone, your internet connection, I think that's a great idea. Um, I think if you have the opportunity to reach out to somebody like at Service Point or in admissions, it was the most helpful thing for me. Or if you're perhaps like applying to a U1 program and you know what the major is going to be already, reaching out to an advisor. I know like the biology advisor is super helpful with that kind of stuff. And I know she talks to some of the prospective students. So if you really have like these questions on whether the program's right for you or like kind of what it'll be like to reach out to that, or if you have any connections uh, to students that are already at Miguel, maybe like me, you had a friend who's sibling is there to reach out and talk about student life. I think that's probably a good way to get involved. But I think probably the most important thing is just realizing um, what exactly you want out of a program, which is hard to do when you know, you're 17 or 18. I definitely went through that. But um, I think just like realizing what you do in high school that you really like and you're really passionate about and kind of trying to find a way to incorporate that into like the next step of your education
0: that's great and yeah i think just to, to to add to that um speaking to current students that's always or at least someone who's been to mcgill i know sometimes we have these myths or stories that are created just because of what you know a rumor or one person said who never even has been to mcgill or montreal so it's it's good to get the information from you know valid sources so if you are looking for those honest opinions and yeah speaking to students are always the best that's why we have you on this call because um, you know, you'll provide information that maybe others don't necessarily know. So uh, no, that's, that's great advice. Um, so you went through that thought process, you made your decisions, and then you, you joined McGill. Um, you started the, uh, you know, you started the adventure. Um, maybe, you know, we'll, this will cover a lot of different areas, um, but let's talk about the living experience. So now you've, you were in Manitoba, um, you're near Winnipeg, and now you're in Montreal. Um, what was that, and just so people know, First years, uh, always have access to our residences. What was the residence experience like for you?
1: Uh, the residence experience was very interesting. Um, I remember moving here and, you know, I'm from a suburb outside of a small city. So moving to downtown Montreal was like kind of shocking. <laughs> I had been here to visit, but to actually be like, wow, I live here was, uh, it was definitely an adjustment, but I, I liked my residence. It was nice and, uh the residence experience is really a really great way to meet people quickly um i made friends i think in like the first 10 minutes of being there that i still talk to today so that's really nice and i loved that we had floor fellows uh I pre- my floor fellow in particular was so nice and she always had like these events so that we could all get to know each other um at the beginning of the year and then she continued and that's kind of how we all stayed close and Resin's just a nice way to be close to campus um, because it's always you're so busy in first year, like adjusting and figuring out your classes. So um, yeah, having that option to live there is uh, it's great. Yeah, it's a it's a very nice experience that I I recommend if you get the opportunity.
0: Which uh, which one did you stay at?
1: I lived in La Citadel.
0: All right, so for that's that's one of our hotel ones. It's very much like a looks. It was a hotel, and now it's McGill Residence. Uh, Is there? So I I know we talked about how you decided your academic programs, but some prospective students, some admitted students, spend the equal amount of time trying to figure out what residence is best for them. Um, Did you go through something like that? Were you weighing pros and cons of all the different types at McGill?
1: Yeah, I definitely went uh, and found the videos of all the residences online when I did that and watched them all. And I was shocked at how many there was. (laughs) Um, I was, yeah, I was really interested in Citadel because I liked the hotel style. I wanted my, kind of my own space. Uh, So I was in a single um, in Citadel, which was really nice. Um, And I, yeah, I just kind of wanted, I wanted communal living without super communal living so I was kind of into having a little bit more privacy which is nice with um the hotel residences um but yeah it was I think everybody I've talked to that was in residence liked that you know had pros and cons to residence for different reasons so I I liked mine because I like that aspect but yeah
0: it's it's definitely a personal choice and it's yeah. it's funny to hear for some people what drives them to make a decision. But yeah, whatever fits, you're gonna be living there for at least a year, right? So it's um, it's good to think about those things. And yes, watching those videos can definitely be helpful. Um, following that, so just giving you know the, the information that at McGill, yes, first year residence is guaranteed, but after that, you're strongly encouraged because there's a very limited space. And so you're strongly encouraged to find your own place after. What was that experience like? So second, third year and beyond of finding your own place in the city?
1: Yeah, uh, the experience for me was not too difficult. Um, my my parents came to visit and like helped me pick out a place. I live on my own now. So for me, my experience is a little different than a lot of my friends because a lot of my friends moved in with people that they met in residence or otherwise. But yeah, I live on my own, so it wasn't too difficult. The only annoying part was moving my stuff out of residence <laughs> into my apartment, but yeah. Um, yeah, it's a uh, it's a nice experience. I live pretty close to campus, which I really like um, because I like being able to just walk to class when I accidentally sleep in till eight twenty for an eight thirty. Uh, but a lot of my friends chose to live um, like further away uh, in the ghetto or in the plateau, which is I'm sorry for prospective students like I don't know five to fifteen minutes away, um, which is very nice too. So I think it's that's again a different experience for different people. If you want to have lots of roommates or live on your own, but I think you kind of figure it out in like January, February of your first year, usually.
0: Yeah, no, it's true. And it's, yeah, a lot of the residences are really close to McGill. There's one that's mm-hmm. a little farther, but um, in terms of apartments, sometimes you get closer um, to campus yeah. or you're basically in the same area. So you're really not changing your, you know, your sleeping habits, for example. Um, <laughs> you know, you could still sleep in on, uh, on occasion. Uh, it's okay, profs probably won't be listening to this, so. Um, <laughs> we could be honest here. Um, so that's great. So living experience, you know, it's, there's a lot of, you know, it's, it is interesting. And you did mention sort of a terminology. Um, there is very much a McGill community, you know, around campus where it's a lot of students only. So there's that very friendly aspect uh, for, for young adults at the school. Um, thinking about now the academic piece. So you're coming in, um, we won't get too much into the terminology aspect here. There are other resources for, uh, for our listeners. But you came in as a U0 student, so you had to do the freshman program in the Faculty of Arts and Science. What was that like?
1: Yeah, the freshman program was uh, a big adjustment because the classes were very large. I came from a really small high school. Uh, There's like, I don't know, 25 people in my science class and then I had my first like biology class and I think there's like 750 of us. So it was a big adjustment to like that type of learning Um, but I like the freshman program they've built in labs and um, like into the course which was nice Um, yeah it was definitely an adjustment to get used to the different class size and like the different way of learning um, and kind of like how to balance all of your classes I think is probably the hardest part about first year courses Um, but at the same time like there are lots of resources that are very helpful like lab TAs and there's like other like tutoring programs that I found very helpful in first year as well.
0: And because you brought up class size so this is this is a big question we do get Um, we always talk about the Leacock rooms um, and how (laughs) how large they can be and how filled they can be Um, so yeah that first year can be a little overwhelming with the the amount of people there Um, how do you make that number seem smaller to yourself how do you deal with that number how do you even make friends in those kind of classes what did you do?
1: Yeah, so I had met people both in like the orientation week and in my residence that were in similar classes. So that was one way uh, in freshman year that I had kind of a connection going into the class. It made it feel a little less daunting when you can walk in with a friend. <laughs> um, but also, um, there's a lot of Facebook groups and like online groups to join for courses. So I did that. And some of, I met some of my closest friends through that because we make like study groups, or we'd like, you know, do um, flashcards for each other. It was, it was fun. Um, but some of my closest friends I met through that. So I think it's kind of just seeking out and even just saying hi to somebody in class can, you know, trigger friendship that happened to me too. but um, In the labs too, especially in the U0 courses, uh, they're smaller and you end up working with a partner. So it's a nice way to kind of like break the ice of it feeling so big. So it's a way to not feel isolated.
0: Yeah, and that's, uh, that's a key component of science courses, that there's that lab, those tutorial sections, so it is much smaller, um, mm-hmm. and, and and yeah, of course, you're sitting in a classroom, you know, hundreds of others are sitting in the same classroom, you're all like, we want to make friends, but do we want to be the first person to say hi, <laughs> but whoever usually is, it usually works out, you're all there with at least one thing in common, you're a McGill student, and that usually means <laughs> you have more things in common, um, so definitely a way to find friends, for sure, and um, We'll talk a little bit about the arts and science degree. Um, you don't have to go too much. Um, you, you're not a counselor. You're, you're a student with a lot of experience, of course. Um, but you know, how what is that degree like? Uh, what what's what are your tasks? What's the multi-track system for you?
1: Yeah, I really like the multi-track system. I know a lot of people in the arts and science faculty are kind of in the concentration of the stream system where they have those programs, but um, I just really liked both fields. Like in my freshman year, I took a poli-sci class in the fall along with some science classes and I loved them both. And I was already in the arts and science faculty. So I was like, yeah, this sounds this sounds great. Like let's just do both was kind of how I made my decision. But um, yeah, I, I really like it. Uh, sometimes I have some scheduling conflicts with exams because there's not a lot of people that are in both majors um, where like poli-sci and bio don't probably have a lot of conflicts usually so sometimes i'll have like overlapping due dates which can you know compound some stress but um yeah for the most part i like it and i think it's uh, a really great way to have a well-rounded degree if that's what you're looking for um i find connections between my classes that i feel like are really helpful in my learning that i you know some people don't get to experience because they don't uh, have the two tracks so I really like it in that respect for sure.
0: I guess just to sort of state um, you know we do encourage students who are maybe interested in multiple areas you know you can do a science minor as an arts student or you can do an arts minor as a science student um, but you with the arts and science degree like why you know, why did you make, why did you pick that degree instead of doing one of like a major minor, for example, why did you really want to do two majors in two areas?
1: Um, at the time, I I just couldn't pick one that I liked more, that I wanted to focus on more, so in instead of making a decision, I was like, oh, we can do them both equally. Um, Now, later in my degree, I think it's more suited to kind of where I want to go. I want to go into like the bioethics uh, stream for either a master's or something like that. So I think it's kind of well suited uh, for either bioethics or health policy is what I'm looking at. So in that respect, I'm glad that I kind of made the decision in first year that I just wanted to do both because it's helping me kind of seek out grad programs that are uh, still filled with both fields or still um, encompass both fields. Sorry.
0: That was the perfect response. That's exactly what <laughs> I wanted to hear because the way we encourage students who are thinking about this degree, especially with the multi-track system, is that, you know, you're taking two fields, one from the arts, one from the science, and you're kind of creating a career. You're creating a career by combining the two. Um, so it's really awesome that that has worked out and that you've developed this interest and it's now leading you down a certain path and it's really unique. You know, um, for most students and again it's very much a personal choice you might be thinking let's just do a minor I just want to take a few courses in this because I think it, I'm interested in it but like you're not you know it's it's less significant to the point where like maybe I don't want my career to be in this where sometimes you do so it's really good I'm glad that that, that has worked out for you and that you've been able to really combine the two um maybe just talking about you know students who come in looking for resources um looking for assistance um you know, where, have you, have you dealt with any, you know, difficulties and like maybe where were you looking, where did you go for support, whether it's colleagues or maybe actual uh, departments at McGill?
1: Yeah, um, I think I definitely reached out to both my artsy advisor and like my biology advisor when I was feeling overwhelmed with some courses sometimes so um those are always like in my opinion some of the best resources uh I definitely know when I go I'm like super stressed out and I leave and then I feel like I've been a little bit grounded I'm like okay it's fine (laughs) um but peer support is really great I know there are like a bunch of peer support programs at McGill um and even just like sitting with your friends I mean if the library's open um, is always nice. So sitting on Zoom with your friends to study when you're feeling stressed out is a really good way to do that. Um, In my particular experience, I sought out some support through um, my departmental council that I'm actually involved in now. So that was a great way to do it. I think it's just, there's a lot of resources and picking kind of which one works for you to seek help is always a good thing, whether it's academic or more like emotional support, they're all there and um, they're all great resources. It's just kind of looking for what you need.
0: Well, that's great. Um, yeah, there, it's, there's definitely, it's, it's on the student's shoulders, of course, to, to make those connections, to reach out. Um, but yeah, uh, once you start knocking on the right doors, um, you'll definitely find the support that you're looking for. Uh, so it's good that, you, that you've been taking advantage of that. And yes, the Faculty of Arts and Science, very interesting, different compared to other faculties, two advisors, one from each. So you really get to know uh, two different uh, advisors specifically in those areas. Um, we, we talked about the class size in that first year. Um, maybe we can sort of relieve some prospective students who are thinking in the long run, how have the class sizes changed from year to year? Um, we typically kind of consider it like a pyramid style where, you know, the classes kind of get smaller. Have you had that experience or not?
1: Yeah, for sure. They're definitely smaller than like freshmen or like, you know, the 200 levels, which are quite big. Um, Once you get into like your departmental courses, is what I call them, but like 300 levels, which are just more specialized, um, they definitely get smaller. And I mean, even with arts courses that are somewhat bigger, you always have conferences, which are just like small groups where you discuss like your course readings and the course material, which really helps the class feel like small. You have this conversation, you meet with the same people, basically once a week for most of the semester. And it's a nice way to be, feel like the big class isn't so small, but definitely, in third and fourth year, and some classes in second year too, uh, they feel like a lot smaller and more connected. And I've really liked that. Um, I'm in some like ecology courses right now, and it's, it's kind of fun. I've been with the same people for like four different classes over the last two semesters. So you kind of get to talk, and it makes sometimes when you do these um, demonstrations on Zoom or presentations on Zoom feel like you know you have this connection, even if you haven't seen them for this year.
0: Let, let's talk about Zoom. So obviously, you know, this past year has been a, a different learning experience um, for, for everyone, teachers, mm-hmm. for students. Um, what and, you know, we can be honest with this, there are definitely some, uh, you know, difficulties that come with that. How has this past year been for you, um, good and
1: bad? Um, I think, like, the challenge with Zoom is probably, you know, just combating Zoom fatigue it's just a lot of prolonged time on your computer. And I mean, just dealing with the stress of like the way the world is right now in the pandemic makes it a little bit more difficult for sure. Um, but uh, by and large, I, I've had a good experience with online school. Um, I Most of the professors that I've had have been very adaptable um, and understanding to Uh, you know, issues that come up, definitely like internet connectivity, when you have like mandatory participation, they're always understanding. Um, So like, for the most part, I've actually quite enjoyed online school. I think it's obviously like being in person is nice. And, you know, I'm looking forward to hopefully getting back to that soon. But um, yeah, I think it's still been enjoyable. I've had a really great experience this year. And I've even like met some friends through Zoom that I've never met in person, and we always laugh about it because we'll sit on Zoom and study together and pretend we're at the library, um, even though we haven't actually met each other in person. So yeah, for the most part, I, I would say it's been uh, quite a positive experience.. All right.
0: and And again, for you know students who are coming in, you know, it's their first time, it, it's it's like what we commented before about sitting in a classroom with hundreds of people and making friends. It works the same way through Zoom. you're You're all sitting there, you're all wanting to make friends. Um, So sometimes it just needs that initial, like that initial uh, message um, to really, you know, ignite what could be a beautiful friendship Um, that we're all looking for that connection. So, uh, yeah, hopefully, fingers crossed for fall 2021, of course, to uh, to get back on campus. But I see that you have been in Montreal. So I guess there's, you know, when you know, when the rules are a little different, you can still enjoy the city uh, to a certain extent. I guess I'll ask one more academic related question um, for maybe those who are thinking of multi-track, the multi-track path, or maybe just having courses in like really weird or different subjects. Um, How does that work in your brain? So you're in a biology lab one second, and then maybe you're in the next hour, you're learning about, uh, I don't know, North American laws. Like, how does that work for you?
1: Um, I personally like it because I feel like my I don't ever get too tired of one subject. Um, So I will I actually remember this in finals of fall 2019. I had like four finals in six days or something. Um, But I would just like sit there and read about cells for like three hours. And then I'd switch to reading about um, foreign policy. So I personally really enjoy it. I find that it keeps like my brain active and I don't ever resent either one of my majors because I don't get tired of it. Um, so yeah, in that respect, I think it's, that's what makes the multi-track program very unique because I had two finals and one day last year I had a poli final at 9 30 a.m. And then I had a biology final at 6 30 p.m. So I think it's just like it's a good way to not get too exhausted with one subject. That's an OK answer.
0: <laughs> oh, that's that's great. And I guess it also makes it impossible to think like, wait a second, is this material from this class? Because it, like, it definitely <laughs> isn't. Um, so there's definitely yeah. a little connection there. But no, that's, that's cool. Um, so as much as the academic piece is really important, it's great to talk about the classroom experience. Um, that's not all what an undergraduate degree is for. Uh, it's really about learning about yourself, taking advantage of the things that are outside of the classroom. Um, I love to preach about a balance in you know, everyday life, uh, every human being's life. Uh, it's important to find uh, external activities. Um, what have you done that McGill has been like, that, that McGill has offered you? you know, what, ha- what, what keeps you busy outside of the classroom?
1: Yeah, I've been quite involved in student life at McGill. Um, I started out in my first year. Um, They had like an advertisement to come to a welcome session uh, to think about being involved in residence council. Um, So I was involved in like a lot of leadership things in high school. So I definitely knew I wanted to be involved in like groups in university. So I started being involved in like residence council and stuff like that first year. And I kind of just branched into extracurriculars that fit what I liked. So uh, I play tennis so I joined the tennis club and I met some really nice people through that Uh, in my first year I met people in their third and fourth year which was like shocking to me I was like oh gosh they actually know what they're doing Um, (laughs) and they were actually helpful with like school stuff too which was nice Um, but yeah later in my degree I've been involved in the president of the biology student union and um, I'm involved I, I have friends on other councils and I've been involved in some model UN so Um, yeah, it's been an enjoyable experience and I definitely say this to my friends, they're like earlier in their undergrad to like, you know, get involved as much as like, you know, you can handle because it tends to make for your best memories of your undergrad. I would definitely say that my experiences outside of the classroom, meeting people through like departmental events. Definitely make great connections and being involved through whichever program you choose. But you know, um, getting to know the people in your department by attending events hosted by those councils or you know the science faculty stuff like that—it's always a nice way to make friends and just get involved and you know feel the McGill sense of community. I think that that's a a huge thing, particularly at McGill. That's probably been my favorite—is this big sense of community, even though it is such a big school.
0: It's, it's definitely what I encourage students who, you know, how do you make 40,000 seem much smaller as a student population? And yes, it's the clubs, it's the associations, um, you know, just because, you know, you, someone may have had hobbies in high school, and that's great. They don't end, you know, they don't have to end in university, you can actually develop new ones. Um, one thing I've heard sometimes for that first, uh, that first year student, you know, in orientation week, you see all the clubs that are there, everybody who, you know, is offering you, you know, one way of finding friends, one way of connecting to the community. And sometimes people, you know, they sign up for too many things. Um, have you, you know, do you have that kind of thing where like, maybe you did something for a semester and you're like, no, this isn't for me. Let me do something else. Or like you kind of adapt to sort of yourself as you grow and you learn about more what you like.
1: Yes, for sure. I remember going to activities night in first year and being like, oh, this all sounds so great. And it was like, it was when it was still in um, the SMU building. So there was like multi floors um, and so many people to see there. Were so, so many people involved in so many things. And I was like, so overwhelmed. Um, so in first year, I just like, I was so interested and I wanted to do so many things, but I forced myself to only do like two. <laughs> um but yeah I think it depends on the semester and like the program that you're looking at I was involved in a club for a semester last year that I actually really liked but I was not involved again this year mostly because i I think because of COVID it didn't end up you know staying uh quite as active um so I've had that experience but um I haven't really had the experience of um joining something and not liking it. Um, I've been really lucky that way everything I've joined I've really quite enjoyed so.
0: Nice Um, and I I know you mentioned um, you know before we started recording all this uh, about uh, you know volunteering or getting work experience in a lab so one thing at McGill and you know perhaps people are considering this we don't really have co-op experience we don't have um, for our science students for example so yourself half of your uh, McGill degree being in the science degree. How do you get that sort of hands-on experience to build your CV to maybe prepare for grad school? What did, what did you do?
1: Uh, so my experience was a little bit different and how I got involved in volunteering in a lab than a lot of people. Um, I had a personal connection before I started McGill with somebody that used to be a professor here. Um, so I was able to meet um, a PI of the lab through her, then like have an interview and um, apply to work for her through that. Uh, so I've been an undergraduate volunteer in that lab for uh, actually almost my entire undergrad, <laughs> uh, which has been a really great way to like see kind of beyond the undergrad experience, like how um, labs work and kind of where your career might go. So that's been a really enjoyable experience. But I know a lot of my friends, um, They work for biology professors um, and it's just reaching out honestly, like props are usually quite responsive. And if they don't respond to emails, it's probably because they've gotten 800 that day. But uh, most of the time professors are so nice um, and they're excited that uh, undergrads are excited about their research. So uh, it's just reaching out and there's a lot of events actually at McGill that connect professors to students. that are looking for undergraduate volunteers or um, workers, interns, whatever. Um, so there's a lot of ways to like kind of break down the barriers between faculty and students that can make it seem overwhelming. Um, but yeah, most of the time, professors are just so nice. So you know, if you reach out and talk to them, it's it's really worth your time.
0: Great advice. Um, yeah, the worst thing that a professor could say is no. Unfortunately, we don't have space, or we're not looking to hire. You know, whoever. So. Uh, yeah we definitely it was nice to have the connection for sure um but yeah we encourage students usually i think it's sometimes they say january february um you know we do a lot of our uh you know your your experience that you get outside of the classroom is usually focused in the summer um Mm -hmm. so it's uh you know at the beginning of that winter semester just reach out to a prof visit their office hours uh, and just say like hey i'm interested in this kind of material do you have any available spots you know for volunteers or for you know hired staff if they have the funds um But yeah, so it's on, again, students' shoulders, but the opportunities are definitely there. Um, I know we kind of already uh, sort of, you know, you mentioned a little bit about this already uh, in terms of thinking about grad school already. So I I understand the question could be frustrating. Uh, Maybe you're getting it from parents and family who you see twice a year. Um, What are those aspirations after you finish at McGill?
1: Yeah, so I've kind of like changed my mind a whole bunch of times, but, um, (laughs) which I think most people, or not most, but a lot of people go through. Um, Right now, I'm looking into some bioethics programs is kind of where I'm hoping to go. I graduate uh, next fall, like fall 2021. So I'm definitely going to um, pick the programs over the summer to apply to, but I'm hoping to either to stay in Canada, so either stay here or go to another university in Canada, but yeah, I'm looking at a master's in bioethics because we touched on it in one of my classes, and it just was the most exciting thing to me, so that's kind of the program I'm hoping to look at, but I'm also looking into some uh, public policy programs because uh, I'm really passionate about health policy as well. So, I will probably have a whole host of applications kind of like I did for undergrad and hope I get into some. <laughs> but so, yeah.
0: <laughs> so, so, you didn't learn anything from the undergrad application. I'm just going <laughs> to stick with what works. That's fine. Uh, it, it worked the first time. So, uh, I definitely hope that it works the second time um, yeah. <laughs> as you get closer to that. Um, maybe just to end it, uh, maybe two quick questions. Um, if you had, you know, what's for yourself personal you know you can go uh, as personal as you'd like what's your favorite thing about mcgill
1: oh that's such a great question <laughs> i really do love the school so that's a that's a hard uh hard question to answer but um, i would definitely say like the community feel and i particularly feel this in the biology department um it's there's a lot of people there to support you My friends and I became friends sometimes because we were really stressed out during exam season and we met in the library. That's how I met some of my close friends. So I would say the community aspect and like the friends that you make, the people that you study with, those memories will never leave. I like remember being in the library in the middle of the night with friends, you know, trying to memorize those last few cascades and yeah, those were <laughs> they. Those friendships don't go. So then you'll go and get a cup of coffee the next year and laugh about how stressed you were. So um, definitely the community aspect and like the friendships is definitely been my favorite part. I mean the academics are also really great, but um, the the memories and the friendships have definitely been the best part for me.
0: No, that's 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 a sweet response. That's that's definitely uh, <laughs> that's definitely appropriate. Uh, this sort of maybe carries over to the last one then. Um, you know the undergraduate experience—it's all about finding the right fit. What is your highlight about being in Montreal? Um, maybe forget about the past year, but you know, generally speaking, what's your favorite thing about being in Montreal?
1: I love coffee and cafes. So being able to just like kind of go for a walk and then um, get a cup of coffee, sit down, study for a couple hours is like a nice way to clear your head and you know, as much as I love campus, sometimes you need a break. So being able to just like go for a short walk and experience something. And what I love about Montreal is you can walk like two blocks and you feel like you're in a totally different place. Like it's so beautiful. So um, that's always nice. Uh, but yeah, definitely being able to just go study at a cafe is always great when they're open.
0: So, so okay. So I lied. What's your go-to cafe? What's the, what's the place? If you, if, if you had to go to one, where would it be?
1: My, my, Favorite cafe is definitely Cafe Saint-Paul. Um, yeah, I have had a lot of study nights with friends there with really, really good cappuccinos.
0: All right, perfect. We got the shout out for a <laughs> local uh, cafe place. Yes, yeah, so that's the beauty of Montreal. They're, they're not all chains. We have a lot of just pop-up, you know, stores uh, for this kind of stuff. So it's it's a great food. I was I would say food too. Food and drink um, in Montreal, fantastic sure. for students. Yes. Um, So with that, thank you uh, for joining. Um, I really hope that uh, prospective students were able to learn uh, from your experience. I I learned, uh, it was so nice to sort of get a more in-depth view of this arts and science degree, which is very unique. Um, So it's nice to hear the positives of that. Um, So yes, thank you very much for for joining.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been very fun. (laughs)
0: So hopefully you got to learn a little bit about uh, the Faculty of Arts and Science. That is a very unique program offered at McGill University. I just wanted to dive a little deeper and provide a bit more information on that faculty. Of course, our websites will always be the best place to find up-to-date and more detailed information. But just to give you a bit of a taste uh, to know, you know, is this program the right one for you? So, firstly, thinking um, out loud, really what you want to know is it's one degree, so you are getting one. One undergraduate degree from McGill. It just so happens to be called a Bachelor of Arts and Science. It's a combination. Um, really, we we push for three specific programs, and these are our interfaculty programs, and they are called Cognitive Science, Environment. And sustainability science and society so those are three different programs three different majors that you can study in the faculty of arts and science they're a combination of arts and science like courses so you're already going to be doing a mix of those and that's really the main track that's offered through this faculty these are what most students aim for when they are applying to this degree the other track the other option and that's what kirsten was talking about and that's her that what is that's what she is doing And it's the multi-track system where you take one program in the Faculty of Arts, one program in the Faculty of Science, and you combine them together throughout your degree. As you kind of heard, um, this isn't necessarily for everyone. The reason why it isn't is because you take two very different programs and you do them at very high levels. Um, Yes, you may have enjoyed taking a mix of courses in your high school experience, but as you get to higher level undergraduate courses, the difficulty keeps increasing. Um, And so sometimes we find that students who maybe really like one more than the other uh, start to have sort of difficulties uh, in terms of doing two different programs at very high levels in university. So, what we tend to suggest is to take advantage of the fact that if you are an arts student, simply in the Faculty of Arts, you can take science courses, whether that's as a minor or an elective, and there's less pressure to complete so many of them. You know, instead of doing over 30 credits, perhaps you only have to do 18 as a minor or a few electives based on your choice. The same thing works for students in the Faculty of Science. You just have to take uh, your science program, of course, but you can take uh, courses in the Faculty of Arts, maybe as a minor or again, as electives. So please take a look at our website for more information on that. Really, this program as a multi-track is really only applicable to someone who has really genuine interest in both domains, but if you just have a bit of an interest in one and a large interest in the other, it's better to stick with either of the faculties and to do a few elective courses in the opposite one. Of course, that might sound all very confusing and I understand that But uh, please reach out to McGill and we'll definitely help out uh, to sort of clarify that situation. So I hope that information helps. I hope you enjoyed uh, the episode and uh, stay in touch for the next one.